0: Welcome to the Message Podcast for Church of the Nazarene. We invite you to subscribe for updates and new episodes. You can also search for our podcast on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, and TuneIn. Make sure you join us each Sunday at 9 a.m. on Facebook Live. Our in-person service times are 9 and 10.30 a.m. We have a campus near Harrisonburg at 1871 Boyers Road, and a new campus in East Rockingham at 414 Southeast Side Highway in Elkton. In addition, at our Harrisonburg campus, we have a Spanish campus that meets on Sundays at 11.45 a.m. Check out our website, cotnaz.org, for more information. Have any of you guys ever experienced getting a song stuck in your head? Uh, Oh, yeah. I feel like that's a common experience we share together. Like, you'll hear this rhythm or this lyric or this beat, and you'll, be, you'll, you'll find yourself repeating it or humming it at some of the most awkward times. Well, if you've never experienced this, I wanted to bring a video today that will help you understand and to illustrate what I'm talking about. So if we could have the video, this will help get something stuck in your mind for a while. <laughs> Daddy shark, doo 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 Daddy shark, doo 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 doo. Daddy shark. Grandma shark, doo doo daddy doo Grandma shark, doo 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 Grandma shark, doo 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 Grandma shark. Grandpa shark, doo 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 doo. Grandpa shark, doo 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 Grandpa shark, doo 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 Grandpa shark. Let's go hunt, doo 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 Let's go hunt, doo doo Let's go hunt. You are welcome for that. (laughs) I've never felt uh, more in fear of my safety than in this moment right now. (laughs) Do you know that that video has been viewed over 9 billion times on YouTube? 9 billion times. Now, what's ironic is that's almost as many times as you're going to find yourself going through the next couple of days. (laughs) (laughs) 9 billion and 20. (laughs) But we understand that our minds will get repeat tracks in them. But have you ever wondered what happens when the track in your mind is not a funny or really sticky kid song? But what happens when that repeat track in your mind is something hurtful? When it's something toxic or when it's something dangerous even? What happens? Have you ever really thought about the things that are stuck in your head? There's repeat tracks that just like Baby Shark, you you cannot shake it out of your mind, out of your head. What's that track for you this morning? What track was playing when you woke up this morning in your mind? What track haunted you or followed you through your week? What's already determining your week before you? What's that track on repeat in your mind? Have you ever thought about the impact that those repeat tracks have on our lives? Have on our physical bodies even? How about the impact those thoughts have on our relationship with Jesus? What do those repeat tracks, how do they infiltrate even our relationship with Jesus? The truth is your thoughts can hurt you, but they don't have to. I'd like to welcome you to our new series, It's All in Your Mind. It is all In your mind. Over the next few weeks, we're going to explore the interior life, our thinking. We're going to think about our thinking, and I know that makes some of our eyes twitch a little, but we're going to think about our thinking. Traditionally, when we would say to someone, oh, it's it's all in your mind, we're, we're somehow insinuating that it's not real, that it's imaginary, that it's made up, but that's not a biblical principle because we see in Scripture that renewal of our minds is a maturing of the faith, so literally, it's all in your mind today. Our mind is the control center of our attitudes, of our thoughts, of our perceptions, of our feelings, of our affections, and our actions. What's in our minds matters a lot. Most of life's battles are won or lost in our minds. You believe that? Do you find that to be true in your own life, in your own thinking? Jesus in some of his earliest teachings and even found in the Sermon on the Mount pulls the curtain back on the importance of what's in our minds and the weight that what our thought life carries. In Matthew 5 you'll read and it's so if you're familiar with the scriptures it's so easy to read over this and miss it but in Matthew 5 he he tells a group of people that that even if they are angry with a brother or a sister it's as if they have committed murder. So what he's saying there, that if we're thinking those things and what processes and what repeat tracks are going on in our mind, and our relationship with Jesus are just as important as what we do with our physical existence. What's in our mind matters, and Jesus understood that. He understood that importance, and he taught frequently about it. And, and as we embark on this series, we need to just understand for just a moment that throughout Scripture that heart, mind, and soul are frequently used interchangeably. There are nuanced differences, but when we say things like, I invited Jesus into my heart, we know that that's not the blood-pumping muscle in our chest, right? But we see that, that through Scripture that we're talking about different facets of our thinking of who we are and that what's happening in our minds. So, For our study over the next couple weeks, we're going to really zero in and concentrate on our thinking, our minds as it relates to perception, to understanding, to our reasoning, our judgments, our modes of thinking. Next week, we're going to dive into this idea of our minds as a battlefield. Some of you may be there this morning already that may define last week or it may already be defining the week ahead, and then we're going to close out our series looking at the idea of what we should be thinking about. Because if we can put the brakes on the runaway thoughts, what do we replace that with? That's equally as important. But as we embark today, we're going to begin by taking a look at our need for transformation in our minds, a renewal of our minds, a transformation in our thinking. Because we, we all experience in different ways the influence of our minds over our bodies, right? Think just for a moment about having a nightmare. Think about how that impacts you. So you have a bad dream, you you wake up, sometimes you're frightened, you're terrified, you wake up, you, you find out you've sweated the sheets wet, your muscles are tired, you feel like you've just ran a marathon, nothing happened, did it? Your mind was trapped in that thought mode and it was invoking a change, a response in your physical body. Our minds play into every aspect of who we are and what we do every day. We all understand that. My mind affects me every Sunday morning without fail. I will wake up and begin to think about preaching and speaking to you this morning and the conversations that are going to be engaged and how the service is going to go and anxiety begins to creep in and nervousness begins to creep in. And I go from a person that loves a giant breakfast. I mean, fill the griddle with all the good stuff, taters, bacon, eggs, and pancakes, that's me. But on a Sunday morning, my mind is so consumed by angst or nervousness that I don't want to eat. I have to force myself to eat something bland like a peanut butter, banana, and honey sandwich or something like that just to force myself beyond what my mind is telling my body. We all experience this. Our minds exert immense control over our bodies. Our minds can even make us sick. Can even make us sick. How how would you rate your thought life right now? Right now. So... Let's, just in honor of back to school Sunday, let's, let's take a pop quiz. Hold the groans, it'll be okay. But let's take a pop quiz about our thinking. On a scale, where would you rate yourself between worried and peaceful today? Because we know in Christ that, that we should be peaceful, that we should be trusting. But when worry creeps in, our appetites fade, sleep is elusive, our relationships suffer because we're consumed with worry how's your thought life today? Well, where would you fall between being pessimistic and negative and being optimistic and hopeful? Pastor Terry and I, boy, we cover this scale really well together because I'm a natural pessimist with a tinge of negativity, okay? Honest confession, I hope you still love me after this. But we'll be planning an event, and I'll be talking with Pastor Terry in our standing meeting, and I'll just be honest and just say, man, Pastor Terry, if we get 50 people there, I'll be happy, Meanwhile, the eternal optimist and hopefulness that resides in Pastor Terry, she's done ordered 200 invitations, and we're going to feed half of Elkton. That's the beauty of difference, but that's how it displays differently. Our thoughts affect us. And now I'm trying to be optimistic about our potluck next week, so don't let me down, okay? I'm trying to be a recovering pessimist. Help me out by showing up next week. What about how you view things? Do you view things more through a worldly lens or through a Jesus and an eye for the eternal lens? Because this will affect every decision we make. How we interact with our careers, our finances, our families. How's your thoughts today? How are your thoughts today? The truth is that our lives will always, without fail, our lives lived in the present world will be a reflection of what the thoughts are inside of our minds. So the question then becomes, what do you want your life to look like? What do you want your life to look like? Scripture really presents us with two options. We can either conform and live our lives to the thinking and the pattern of the world, or we can be transformed into the image and the mind of Christ Jesus. What do you want your life to look like today? As we turn to the Scriptures, let's pray. Father, we... uh, come before you today in a moment of confession and say, Lord, my mind's a mess and I don't feel like I'm alone in that. So Lord, we want to discern your call through scripture to be transformed in our thinking, to have renewed minds, Lord Jesus. So will you move today in the power of your grace and your mercy to transform us into your image? And it's in your name we pray. Amen, amen. If you would turn with me in your copy of Scripture to Romans chapter 12. Romans chapter 12, beginning in verse 1, the Apostle Paul speaking. He says, therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Verse 2, he says, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then, then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. What's in our minds matters a lot. The Apostle Paul here is is making a transition in his letter to the church in Rome. And and he is looking back with a word, therefore. He's really looking back on everything he's just written. And if you read the tail end of chapter 11 there, he's pointed out beautifully saying that in in light of of who God is, of his grace and his mercy and his majesty, that he is calling us to a response. And if I'm honest, I would love to just hang out there that the presence of God and the nature of God demands a response on our parts. That's good news, and that's some good stuff. But we're going to keep going today. So this verse that we're looking at is is looking in light of God's beauty, of his majesty, of who he is. And Paul's saying, in light of all of that, in view of all of these things, this is how you're to respond. This is the life that you're supposed to live in light of that reality of who God is and how good God is. So he's calling us to offer our bodies as a living sacrifice. Now, I admit to you, in 2021, we're a long ways from the original context of this. But it hits home nonetheless because Paul here is using Old Testament imagery and language for the temple sacrifices that were offered to God. And so he is saying that we, like the worshipers of the Old Testament, are to offer ourselves to God in an act of worship. So in light of all of God's mercy, we're not only to bring an offering, bring a part of who we are, we're to bring everything, every aspect of our lives to Him and be an offering. So that's, that's everything. That's our careers. That's where we attend church and where we go out to eat and how we interact with our families and our kids. Everything is to be an offering place before the Lord in an act of worship. Everything. This is so profound. And he even goes on to say that this is not just an optional response. No, it's, it's the only right response we can give in light of who God is. It's to offer ourselves completely and totally to God. This offering is a decisive commitment in our lives, a turning point, if you will, in our walk with him that will change the trajectory of our lives forever. And I emphasize the eternal impact of that decision to offer your entire being to God in an act of worship. And that's a one-time commitment, but that is reaffirmed every moment of every day. We have to maintain, we have to stay on that altar, if you will, before him. And he goes on, he says, do not conform to the pattern of this world. That word conform there really means to patter your life around, to adapt the mindset or the schemes of the world. So he's saying there, do not conform. We are not to fall in line with the world's commodity, with the world's currency of how they do things, how the thought processes of the world go. Paul says what he says next may be the most critical turning point for our study today. He says, But, so there's again a transition language there. He says, But be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So, so rather than coming into the mold of the world, we're to be transformed, categorically made new in Christ Jesus. We are not to fit in. We're not. It's impossible. The original word for transformed here is where we get the word metamorphosis. Now, the best example you might think of that would be like a caterpillar that will consume a lot, get all fattened up and ready, and go into a cocoon and and be concealed and undergo a metamorphosis where it will emerge a beautiful monarch butterfly and take off. That's the language, the idea that we are categorically made different in Christ Jesus. We are transformed by the renewing of our minds. And it's so interesting that that transformation, that that pleat, utter, once-and-different transformation will take place by how? By the renewing of our minds, by the renewing of our minds. So this is not just a a little bit of a self-help how to think better. This is a radical new way of doing things. Because the renewal of our minds is a renewal of everything that we experience. It's the seed of our emotions and our affections. It's it's our modes of thinking and feeling, our disposition, our, our right and wrong discernment and judgments within the world. It's our perception. It's the lens at which we're viewing the world through. It's how we understand what's happening. And it's also our ability to discern and judge. So the result of that transformation, that renewal of our mind will change everything about how we live. He goes on to say, he says, then, so here's a result, then, then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. So the the result of a transformed life, of of a renewed mind, is that we can navigate our world with its ups and downs and twists and turns and hard things. We can navigate that with a new mind and a new perspective to discern what God's up to, what He would have us to do. Isn't that a question we face every day? As we interact with our world, Lord, what's your course here? What's your will Because I I see the world's narrative that it's all despair and hopeless and that it's all just just wasteful. But, Lord, I know that's not your word. Help me to discern. Help me to discern. We must commit to interrupting the storylines of the enemy's lies that get stuck on repeat in our minds. Because that's not who we are in Christ Jesus. There is more. There is more. We should be able to navigate with the mind of Christ with the ability to discern God's will, His desires, His affections as we navigate our world. But we must put the brakes on those runaway thoughts. Especially the most harmful things we face. And I I propose to you today that some of the most damaging lies, the most damaging repeat tracks in our minds sound a little something like this. God's not there for you. God's not here for anyone. Maybe maybe that repeat lies that like you've messed up too much and God doesn't love you. Friends, if the enemy can get us to question the goodness of God, he's got a big strong leg up on us. Because God is the place and the source of hope and joy and love that we so desperately need. We must... Commit to putting the brakes on those runaway thoughts. What's what's the track in your mind today? What is it? What's the lie that the enemy is trying to sneak in to to put on repeat, to give a catchy tune to where you watch it nine billion times in your mind? What's the story? What's the wedge that he's trying to drive in your heart today? the thing that you just can't shake loose of does it sound something like the voice in your mind in that track saying you're not good enough you 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 can't be yourself if you be you nobody will like you you need to maintain that image keep your game face on if the people sitting left or right of you find out who you are they won't like you you got to keep to yourself you can't trust them. They're out for you. What is it today? in your mind? What's that track that feels like a heavy burden that you drag along all the time? If I'm honest with you today and a little bit transparent, the lie for me sounds like several repeat tracks. One of them will question and so say, "What are you doing in ministry?" why are you even here? You'll find more fulfillment in just going back to construction. What are you doing here? And sometimes it'll sound like if those folks find out some of the things you think about and some of the things you process through, they won't want to hear you anymore. Sometimes it'll say, God's going to pull the rug out from under you. He called you all this way, you've sold your home, and, and he's going to leave you hung out to dry down there. It's going to crumble before you because God can't be trusted. He's going to be cruel in how he deals with you. And it involves a lot around the real estate market sometimes. The enemy will come in and say, God can't get you a house right now. He can't do it. You're stuck there. You're going to be in this intermediate phase forever and then the repeat track will come about how we relate to our daughter and about what her future might be and you know what happens you know what happens when those repeat tracks keep playing and keep playing and keep playing we begin to believe them because it so cloaks our eyes that we can't perceive the world anymore through God's eyes because we have the lens of these lies to look through we start to believe them And it affects everything. We can no longer see God's gracious and his good hand and his provision, even in the hard times because the lie says, no, 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 it's the enemy. You've been abandoned. They're out for you. They're going to get you. You're a failure. We perceive those things as reality instead of God's blessing that really is all around us, his call all around us, his provision. We begin to buy into and believe the lies We become anxious at every news story. We get frustrated at thin air. You ever done that? You're just just mad. What about, I don't know, just mad? That's living in the lie. That's allowing our thoughts to transform what's happening, what, what really is God's reality. How do we cope with it? Because if I'm honest, this doesn't sound like a victorious life, does it? How do we cope with it? what do we do? What do we do? On our own, the battle really seems too big. It seems too frequent. We can't pump the brakes hard enough on that runaway train of thoughts that the enemy keeps conducting through our everyday, ordinary lives. Friends, there's good news today. We don't fight alone. We do not fight this battle in our minds alone. We do not fight alone because the power of Christ Jesus is here for us. And the ministry of His Spirit, the offer of transformation is on the table. The renewing of our minds to live different is on the table. It's available for us today. We don't fight this battle alone. You are not alone today. Every person in here, you are not alone today. Your thoughts that have paralyzed you for days, weeks, your whole life. You are not alone today, friend. God's grace is available. and He is longing to begin that process of renewal and transformation. Because it's a process. We're not going to get slam dunks every time. But His word and His grace are faithful to continue that work of transformation in our minds. You're not Alone today. Let's listen to the Apostle Paul's words to the church in Corinth. First Corinthians, I believe that's supposed to be chapter 2, 16. He says, Who has known the mind of the Lord so as to instruct him? So Paul here is quoting Isaiah where he's really pondering the question Who has known the mind of the Lord as to teach him anything? It's all it's got a little bit of a rhetorical reflection on it. How can we know what God's thinking? How are we supposed to tell him anything? but look at how he finishes that verse out. He leaves us with a great hope through a very simple truth. We can have the mind of Christ. That's good news today, friends. That is good news in the battle of our minds. We can have the mind of Christ. So as we have the disposition, his understanding, that whole list of things we agree that was within our minds, that can be transformed and set in a new light in the mind of Christ Jesus. That's the invitation today in the battle of your mind. We can break free from that prison of our thoughts. We can break free from those chains and that baggage that we carry everywhere with us. Because we can have the mind of Christ Jesus. You do not fight this battle alone today, friends. You do not fight this battle alone. As the band begins to make their way back forward, I I want to invite you to take a stand in the battle of your mind. I want to invite you to take a stand, a, a stand to be transformed not, not a stand of, of self-help, of gritting our teeth and, and, and promising ourselves we're going to do better, but a stand of transformation. And that's what that is, is, is coming before the Lord and saying, Lord, I, I, I've, I've tried to do this my own. I've tried to do all the self-help things, and I, I just can't manage it. The battle's bigger than I am, but Lord, it's not bigger than you are. I want to invite you today... To transformation. I want to invite you today through the ministry and the power of Christ Jesus and his spirit to be renewed. And by taking the stand, we're actively engaging in that battle. We're not sitting by victims of our thought. No, we are going to partner with Christ Jesus in transformation to take on the offense in the battle of our minds. We will be victorious by God's grace and his strength. It's his divine transformation at work that will give us the mind of Christ Jesus. I invite you to stand today right where you are. I invite you to stand up in your physical presence to say, yes, I am taking a stand in the battle of my mind. As we stand, I want to issue a challenge that that is for every one of us that says, as I stand today, I want to change my mind and change my life. Because if our minds affect everything we do. True transformation will become when we change our minds. I want that to be your transformation prayer today. I want that to be your prayer. Short, sweet, and simple. Lord, change my mind and change my life. Because you see, there's a prayer of surrender there. There's a confession that, Lord, I am helpless. And I need you to move in my mind in this battle, Lord. This moment today, this decision to give it all to Jesus, to lean into what He is calling you to do, is a moment that will transcend eternity. Do you want to see transformation and renewal in your mind today and in your life? We're going to close today by receiving communion together. Communion is a, is a means of grace, it's a way that we remember the victory of Christ Jesus on our behalf. You do not have to be a member here to receive communion. We just ask that you simply be honest and desiring a relationship with Jesus to partake in the bread and the cup. And partaking in that, we're remembering the sacrifice of Jesus today. When the battle in our minds is fierce, we need to remember, this is a tangible way, friends, that we can remember. We need to be reminded that Christ laid down His life, that we might be transformed that we might be made new, that we might be able to pray, change my mind and change my life. We remember through the bread today that His body is broken for us. And we remember through the cup that it was His blood that was shed. It is through Christ alone that we can be free from sin partaking in His gracious promise to be renewed in His image. And so today we're going to receive the elements we receive in grace and thanksgiving and we remember. Would you pray with me? Lord, change my mind and change my life. Lord, I, I don't, I'm not going to be good with a self-help checklist. Lord, I need you to transform my mind. Lord, to to show me when to cut off those thoughts, those runaway tracks, when that beat just keeps playing, Lord. I need you. Lord, change my mind and change my life. And it's in your name that we pray. Amen. Thank you so much for listening today. You can email us at info at for any questions about our church. When you're done listening, please subscribe to this channel for the latest updates and new episodes.